Oh yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back once again at Ventura Forward's podcast. We're always searching for the tasty waves, the hot tunes, fun in the sun, and the righteous food across the 805. On this show, we've had a great segment breaking down the goods that we've discovered over the last few days in our journalistic point of view. I'm excited to share with you today amazing stories about a really cool dude. Spence, how you feeling? Feeling great and a good conversation coming up because uh, I love my police officers and the people that keep our community safe over the many, many years. So this is going to be a perfect conversation. I can go a little bit of my backstory with the police and uh, onward and upward. Yes. And today's guest is going to be talking about his X50 experience. Episode number 17 is going to be highlighting Mr. Mike Morosica. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, Spence. How you doing, man? Hey, dude. We're excited to bring you in. I've got to know you well over the last three or four years as community members. And Ventura Ford, this podcast, again, is highlighting not only a really cool community member who's lived here, got deep roots, somebody who served our community, as Spence quickly mentioned, as a retired Oxnard Police Department, 25, 30 years plus. I know you're going to get some details about that. Mm -hmm. But now you've now transitioned your career into some private security and a little fun in the sun on the green grass. So let's get started off with this podcast. Tell us a little bit right now. How's retirement going and what have you been up to? Well, yeah, it retirement's great. I mean, that's it's not something you, you think about when you first you know become a police officer. That's not what you're what you're thinking about is like, oh, when I retire, you know, you're, you're, you're having fun, you're doing, you're doing the job, you're loving it, you're, you're out there, you know, doing good for the community. And, and, but as you get further in your career, you start to, to look at that and go, okay, that's a, that's a goal. I need to, I need to get that. Not many, uh, not many guys that start as police officers get to do a, a service retirement. There are those that have to leave way before they get to that. So I'm, I consider myself very lucky and fortunate to have done 27 years and where he was able to retire. Um, Let's start off by saying thank you right there from Ventura Ford. 27 years on the streets, serving Oxnard the whole time, correct? Yes. I mean, we hear about Ventura County, Oxnard, just being that crime level and being on the streets out there, Ventura, it's not an easy place to be. Thank you for your service. Spence, what do you guys say about that? Well, the thing that's interesting is what you're saying is it's such tough work that people have to retire due to injury. There could be stress issues. Uh, look at some of it without obviously naming names, but what did you see through your long career where you were fortunate enough, skilled enough, and trained enough to make it an entire career? What's the average lifespan of an officer before they retire? Well, you're talking that, that I would say the average police officer maybe serves anywhere from 10 to 15. Isn't that yeah. weird to think, 10 to 15? So yeah. if a man or a woman becomes a police officer at, what, 22, 23? Yeah. Right there, you're dealing with somebody who's not even 40 yet who has to leave their chosen career due to a number of reasons. Yes. Mm. I, I, um, on day one, I started July 19th, 1993, and I started with five other individuals. Um, you know, the, the, we, we all went through um, you know, the, the orientation, the two-week orientation, got put out in the streets in, in, with a field training officer. And it, at the day I retired, it was me and one other guy. Wow. That was it out of those six. So that, that just kind of, a, th there's your percentages right there. I mean, that's 33%. Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? it's, it's, uh, many people wouldn't realize that. And yeah. the other thing that's interesting is what you have to go through to be a police officer. A few years ago, uh, they were doing a uh, recruitment for CH, 
CHP uh, 911 response. So I went to the CHP and they had a nice little introduction to the position of what would be a dispatcher for, for you know, the phones and also mm -hmm. for police and CHP communication. I don't think they would have accepted me. So to reach the level of dispatch and then police officer, mm -hmm. you have to be a, a fairly upright citizen and give us a description of what happened to you when you were put through the process. So uh, I was, this is the early 90s, and back then they were having, police department cities were having budget issues. So there were not, there's not a lot of hiring going on. In fact, there was, there was quite a few layoffs. So it was a really tough time to get your foot in the door. So what I ended up doing was I put myself through the police academy. I was not hired by an agency and getting a paycheck. I actually checked myself into a police academy or enrolled at College of the Canyons in Valencia. They had a, a sheriff's department was running an academy. The L.A. Sheriff's Department was running an academy through College of the Canyons in Valencia. But because it was on a college campus, you could self-enroll. So I, choose, I chose to self-enroll, moved in with my grandparents who lived in Fillmore, so it was a little bit closer. Um, but for 18, there was 18 weeks at that time, it's longer now, but for 18 weeks, I didn't, I wasn't getting a paycheck. Um, I had to pay for my uniforms. I had to pay for all my equipment. I had to give them money for ammunition. I had to give them money for driver's training. So, but I, at the end I got, I came out of it with a completion certificate, which put me a step above the regular entry level applicant who had not yet been through an academy. So the, the, my, my selling point was if you hire me, you don't have to pay me to go to the academy. So you can put me right on the street. So they were uh, looking at you as an invested investment. human being. Exactly. Yeah, Literally, they, they both knew, emotionally yeah. and... Yeah. They knew I wanted the job so much that I put myself through the academy. So Oxnard liked that and hired me. So that was something. But again, anything in my background, the academy would not have negated that. So mm -hmm. you still had to have the background to get in. And the ba you're talking about a background for a dispatcher. The background for a dispatcher is nothing compared to a background investigation for a police officer. It, yeah, I could only imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What awesome motivation as a young guy you were showing here, growing up in the 805, getting your ducks in a row. Love to hear about that. And you can continue to exemplify that leadership in the community. That's why we got him on Ventura Forward. You know, to talk about that, Spence, you talked about Cole getting out there, wanting to be a firefighter. He's got to start off in an early age and be dedicated to get these positions now. And you just have to be good. You know, I was a good citizen. I just screwed around a lot. Sure. You know. Yeah. Hey, we, you know, we, we all have at some point. I wanted to be something like that. I really wanted to be a PE teacher my whole life. But I just didn't know the system of getting there as a kid. I didn't have parents, people to kind of make that example. I just want to, and during my 16, 17, 18, I thought life was about girls, 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 and some <laughs> waves maybe, yeah. you know? So before you know it, life catches up with you. You got a kid, college happens. So if you know what you want to do and you stay determined early, yeah. here you can be retired early and have a successful sure. career. As Mr. Mostick was talking about, I call him Mr. Joking Around. He's my friend. <laughs> we go into that police state. You go back and forth. Um, let's get into some of the cool stuff with Mike. We're talking to him here now again on Ventura Ford Podcast. Let's bring some of our sponsors, Arsenal Comics, Ventura Music Hall, Mountain Doll, Ventura Real Estate Company, along with Pizza Man Dan. We'll give a little more shout-out to them more as we move forward into our segments. But I'm going to talk about Mike growing up in Ventura. Give me a little bit about you as a kid, some of your early 805 memories, some of those bonds you had that made you want to raise your family here. Stay here. You've now retired. What I like the most about you, dude, you didn't move away when you retired. You created a new business here. You're looking to create new opportunity for the future. Tell me a little about the roots in the beginning, please. Wow. I mean, I can't. You're going to make me cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go. I like um, that. You know, I grew up in the East End. Yeah. Um, 
in Ventura. My, my parents still live in the same house. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, said, I was truly the last generation of kids that had some freedom and independence mm-hmm. because I was, I was a generation that, you know, in the summertime, I would wake up, have breakfast, say goodbye to my mom, and she wouldn't see me again until the streetlights came on. Yeah. You know, because I was off doing doing whatever. And what neighborhood are you in right now? Um, neighborhood I'm in. Well, no, maybe when you grew up, I think, I'm saying. Yeah, I was in that neighborhood over there by Sacred Heart uh, Church and School. Right yeah, there. so we're, we're yeah. east side. We're on Henderson. Side, yeah. We're in the, lem- we're in the lemon, lemon fields. Yeah. You're Kajuna. going to Hun- Huntsinger Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I would ride my bike everywhere. I mean, I I, I would ride. We would ride our bike to the mall. I mean, yeah, so it's like, yeah. It just it's crazy. We had the Seven Eleven and the Scandia liquor down the street, and we would we would go there and, and get stuff all the time. And it was it was like I said, it, we just we were everywhere. And it you know not not like today's you know generations past. You know where it's helicopter parents and parents are driving them everywhere or anywhere that they go. They're Somebody's right there supervising them. We didn't have that. I mean, we we were out there truly on our own, and it was it was great. I mean, I, I I can't say enough about growing up in Ventura, and and being able to do that in in Ventura. And I think that speaks a lot about the Ventura community, and and who we are. Elementary you school, know. where'd you go? I went to Satakoy. Who was your favorite teacher? Oh my God, my favorite teacher, Peggy Maxick. Peggy Maxick. She was my second grade teacher. She she recently re- she retired about seven or eight years ago. She actually was was there at Satakoy when my kids were there. So that I was really fortunate to to have to have her there. That was middle school. You moved on to. I went to Balboa. Yeah. And favorite teacher at Balboa. Oh God, favorite teacher at Balboa. Man, that's a Mr. McGuire. He was a science teacher. We used to call him Mr. Magoo. Yes, I, <laughs> Mr. Ma- I had Mr. Magoo. Yeah. Later, he, oh, Mr. Magoo had, is classic. He, it was it was great be, uh, with the first week or two of school because he'd do this presentation. He would and he would. Because it was a science lab, so he he called yeah. them idiot stories. So he would tell idiot stories. You're like, here, this is what this idiot did. You know, do you remember? Do, do you remember that. an idiot story right now? No, I, I mean it was <laughs> it was, but they were like, I mean, it was a lab, so I mean, like, it would be stupid stuff yeah. like mixing the wrong chemicals or, right. or messing with with something and getting electrical shocks. I mean, it just it was hilarious. I mean, just some of the stuff that he would talk Mr. about. Magoo, yeah. What a name. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to Borna next. Bulldogs. St. Bonaventure. Bonaventure. That's yes. where you put a little, okay. Yeah. Put a little so, hook in there. Early, funny, what, funny year, story, so you, what year did you graduate? Uh, 88. Okay, go ahead. So funny story about that was, you know, I, where, where I lived in the East End, right? Right. So Ventura decided to do this redistricting, and this redistricting made absolutely no sense whatsoever. They were going to bus me to Ventura High School oh, in yeah. my neighborhood. So I was like, I literally had to drive past Boina to get to Ventura, and that, that's what they said, but your neighborhood now is Ventura High School. And I was, yeah, we were part of that too. Yeah, all my friends, though, were going to Buena. Right. And I was like, it's ridiculous. So, Shows how they never cared yeah. about the East Side back exactly. from the beginning. We're yeah. getting into a little politics, yeah. but yeah, they, they just always threw our numbers. They wanted to yeah. throw the diversity out because mm-hmm. remember, I'm off Foothill and Kimball, yeah. born and raised. Yeah. And so they put us going to Cabrillo uh, and not even, we actually we went to Cabrillo, but we went back to Buena always. It was a weird, they just messed yes. up the whole East Side. Yeah. So Okay, go ahead. My parents said, "Well, the only other option is St. Bonaventure," and we were, you know, we were born and raised Catholic. So cool. it's like, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? It just it, it just me to like if you, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something just to, just to do it." It's like, "All right, fine, I'll go I'll go to St. Bonaventure." And you know, at first I was kind of like, 
that was a really dumb decision because you know <laughs> they have a dress code and everything. You yeah, buy these totally button down different. shirts and corduroys, and I was like, what did I do? A lot you more know? clicky because the private schools were a, a bit, lot more. A little bit, and I, I came into an environment where these kids were coming from private Catholic elementary schools, so they knew each other coming up. They went, you know, Assumption and a couple uh, mm-hmm. Catholic schools in Camarillo that were you know coming to Bonaventure as well. Yeah. So I kind of had to ingratiate myself into some of that, but I but I managed to do it. And I had a great time at St. Bonnie. I, there were what were mom and dad doing for work? If you mind my asking, because you know, it's a good story. You know, we want to hear now, like greatest generation on the East side. What was mom and dad Here, doing? Here's a generation story for you. So my dad, uh, my dad played minor league baseball. Really? Played for the, played for the Oakland A's AAA farm system. I know that. So he, he got released in um, 1972, but he grew up in Fillmore. So, and first my, name, uh, Mike, I'm uh, Mike senior. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, his, he grew up in Fillmore, and, he, and my grandfather owned uh, the liquor store in Fillmore, the liquor store in Fillmore. So in the off-season, my grandfather got my dad a job driving a truck for Lagomarsino's liquor, this wholesale liquor distribution, wow. so, which is now, I think, Allied now. But, um, they, and they were down on Market and Transport Street. Mm. So my dad in the off-season would come home and drive a, a delivery truck for Lagomarsino's. When he got released, he had, a, he had his degree from Cal Poly, and so they, they put him in the office, and he, he managed to rise up all the way to uh, assistant general manager. And um, so the funny story about that is they had a sweat, what we call now a swag closet. Be- you know, they had, um, you'd walk into this closet, they had, you know, Miller High Life shirts. They had, all, you know, they had every Seagram's. They had right, all, right. They had, they had every type of, of novelty. Depending on where you were driving, you had yeah. to wear the different jacket. Well, they, yeah, but they would just have advertisement stuff. Got they it. had po- they had posters. They had mirrors. You know, they would hang up in bars and stuff. So um, the old the old we call him the old man, Mister Lagomarsino. If we were kids, we'd come down and visit. He would take us into that closet, and we would just pick out stuff. I mean, I had I had bar mirrors in my bedroom. I had a Wolf Schmidt <laughs> vodka mirror in my bedroom. I I had Crown Royal shirts. I had Crown Royal bags. I had. <laughs> That's so I, sick. I, I I would show up to Balboa with a black satin Miller High Life jacket. Yeah, I mean, you could wear that. You could wear that <laughs> back then. Now you can't get away with that. There's no way oh, you get away with that. But I would wear uh, Eat the Worm, the 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 mezcal. With the with the worm right, at the right, bottom right, of the right, bottle, right. they had a shirt that said "Eat the Worm." I would wear "Eat the Worm" T-shirt to, to junior high. Well, Bulldogs, yeah. if you can only hear him now, <laughs> you know. And then he goes on to be the successful yeah. police officer yeah. and great other yeah. things. And but so my dad left uh, Lager Marcino's when, when I graduated high school, and he he spent almost thirty years at EJ Harrison as their controller. Okay. Yeah. Good names to hear yeah, on this yeah, podcast. Good names. Mm-hmm. Love to hear that history. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a little deep there. They're going to move forward. They're talking about your dad. Finish that segment up. He went to Cal Poly. Yes. He played baseball at Cal Poly, I'm yes. assuming. Mm-hmm. Where did he go to high school and grow up? He went to Fillmore High School. He was from Fillmore? Yeah, he's in the Fillmore High School Sports wow. Hall of Fame. Wow. Um, he was a – back then they didn't have um, all CIF. Yeah. They had just they had just league. So he was, he was all Tri-Valley League uh, for football, baseball, and basketball. I bet you your yeah. grandfather knew uh, my my grandfather Len Norn. I'm sure he how did. big Len yeah. Norn was yeah. from what you mm-hmm. they had to yeah. have known each other yeah. and with distribution from Norn's mm-hmm. Market, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like friends. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool to find out. Yeah, yeah and you have three uh, letter athletes back then, yes. which has become less yeah. and less, less because of the concentration yes. on being mm-hmm. football your entire Absolutely. year. My dad was a sports nut, but baseball was his first love. I mean, he 
he was the type that type of kid too where, where my grandmother wouldn't see him because he'd be off on the baseball field all summer long playing until it was dark um, but mm-hmm. he also he played other sports too in, in, in Philmar like I said he played played the all three sports he was he was the quarterback for the football team so wow yeah <laughs> and you know because grandpa came through the Ventura Yankees here in 50 and 51 mm-hmm. good chance there might even be yeah crossing up in that yeah. kind of stuff too you're getting me teared up here because mm-hmm. we're going to shift the gears into a little bit of passion how we met was through our political run mm-hmm. but as we get past that district four and kind of not cutting our teeth and having mm-hmm. each other become fun competitors <laughs> yeah. right because we had nazarenko ahead yeah. of us which was fun mm-hmm. uh we became parks right commissioners together yes and you became the person that kind of noted me and kind of helped you well you did you did in the public forum recommend me for chair i really mm-hmm. appreciate that uh talking about how we were going to move things forward, get things done. Mm-hmm. I love you. I want to say thank you again for seeing that. What brought you to be a Parks and Rec Commissioner before we kind of met? Because here you are in Oxnard Police Department. You were in the Parks and Rec, and now you're talking about your dad and your grandpa being involved in sports a lot. So you got mm-hmm. a lot of sports kind of deep down inside yeah. of you. So growing up um, in Satakoy, basically, and two blocks away from Satakoy Golf Course, yeah. um, we used to, I, I raced motocross as a kid too. My dad and I had motor, had motocross bikes, and we would go to Indian Dunes mm-hmm. and ride. And he hurt his back, and so we stopped riding. Well, he got invited to play golf with some friends, and he asked me to go to the the range to, to practice. So we went to the range, and I, I got kind of hooked. And then asked some friends who we rode BMX bikes together. They also played golf too, so they actually invited me to you know go play golf. And then I ended up getting a job at the golf course. Mm. Got free golf and free range ball, so I got hooked on. On golf, and you know, been playing it for you know now for the rest. This is of back when you were at St. Bonaventure. This is back uh, back when I was in junior high. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I you know I ended up playing playing on the golf team for St. Bonaventure too. Okay. But um, I've always been you know, you know, love sports. Played played all kinds of sports. Played Satakoy Little League. You know, AYSO soccer, BYBA basketball. Did all that. Um, when I before I became a police officer, I worked at the Ventura YMCA, um, and I was I was a lifeguard. I worked at the front desk. Um, I was a swim instructor, um, so and I and I, I was involved in the uh, youth and government program there at uh, at the YMCA where they take kids and they put uh, spend a week at the Capitol over President's Day weekend running a mock state government. They elect governor, lieutenant governor. They they run a whole. Go- they have assembly members, senators. They run a whole mm. mock state legislature. I was involved in that program in high school, and I went on to be an adult advisor for that program as well. So I've always been. Um, a youth advocate. I've always been passionate about um, about youth sports, youth recreation, um, youth advocacy, and so it's just it's just carried on. My kids ended up going through the, that youth and government program at the YMCA as well. So that, yeah, I, that's that's always been been with me. Spence, that's a nug right there. Youth and government at the YMCA. Were you aware of that? I was not. Neither yeah, was I. It's a good program because again, the other thing is back in my day. Uh, seventh and eighth grade was the Constitution, and yes. you had to know it to get yeah. to high school. Mm-hmm. And I think we've lost a lot of the kids' yeah. contact with how the government sure. operates. The motto for the, the YMCA Youth and Government Program—it's a statewide program. There's there's youth and government programs in every YMCA, just about. But the the motto of the, of that program is democracy must be learned by each generation. That's that's their motto. That's good. Let's yeah. add that to Ventura Forward. Let's get yeah. that. That is that's some America Forward stuff right there. We talk about the youth and opportunity mm-hmm. there's programs out there that's what we do we collaborate and highlight mm-hmm. we collaborate and highlight and share the stoke mm-hmm. so then people can learn hope you're enjoying this podcast with mike morosica getting it done diving deep into the roots what he's happening where he's going 
Let's break it up here. As we're about 20 minutes in, as the fun is flowing, you having a good time? I'm having a great time. Awesome, dude. Yeah. We have, have you have coming in. Let's get some of our fun questions. When you go to a Dodger game, okay, where do you like to sit, and what do you bring back from the snack shack? So, d- just because at my first Dodger game was the first baseline. That, that's where we sat, was, was about eight rows up from the first baseline. Again, my dad worked for Logger Marcino, so he had Seagrams and all these people that had, mm-hmm. that had tickets. Kind of like you, Spence. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you little I, guys, yeah. you. Well, here, here's, a great, here's a great story. This is my first, my brother and myself, the first Dodger game, and we're, we're little kids. We're like, I think we're like nine and seven. And my, they're playing the Giants, okay? Well, there's a second baseman for the Giants. His name is Vic Harris. Well, my dad played minor league ball with Vic. So in the first baseline is the visitor's dugout, right? So we go to our seats, and they're out there doing infield practice. And my dad, he goes to the front, and he goes, Vic. And Vic looks up and goes, hey, Mike. And, and, and my brother and I are just like, what? <laughs> and he – so Vic cool. comes up, starts talking to him, and, and you know, they, he brings us up and he gives, signs a couple baseballs for us. It, it was like, wow. It, and we were thinking, like, this is how every Dodger game is going to be. So if you had asked me again where I want to sit, first, first baseline. Base. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm bringing back a Dodger dog. Oh, for sure. Dodger dog. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. parallel universe, though. And this yeah. is uh, a true story. My, I was horrible at sports. My brother was very good. But my cousin married this guy, Herb. And we didn't think anything of it. And around the house, they'd say, well, Herb played with Don Drysdale. And we'd think, okay, that's neato. Exact same thing happened. My dad had great seats because of his company. We go up there. Herb walks down. He yells, hey, Don, Don Drysdale. And I was like seven at the time, eight years old. Don comes over and they're talking. And we were like, you just touched God. Yeah. And he goes, well, I told you. I knew him. And yeah. we're like, oh, my. But it would say my would be the third base because my dad had four rows behind mm-hmm. the dugout. And we everybody coming up on deck. And yeah. I got to use the tickets a lot more when it was Garvey Lopes, Russell Say, Jaeger. Yeah. And that was my era. But it was good times yeah. with those seats. Well, and for me, the, the first baseline, because that's where all the action is. Because, I mean, basically, you know, any, any hit into the infield, the guy's got to run to first. All plays so, start. Yeah, all yeah. plays start there. So mm-hmm. you just, you're, you're watching. You've got that close-up seat to where all the action is and that was also and we were polite hecklers but the few times (laughs) that we got on that side we would always dog do you remember ed ott yes ed ott i remember so uh ed ott is in the batting circle and we're we're by five rows behind the visitors dugout every time he got into the circle i would do this ed ed ott e-d-o-t-t ed ott ed and i just kept doing that in about the sixth inning, he turned around and he goes, what? Like that. And I got, I got a reaction from Ed Ott, and everybody nice. around applauded. But it was such fun. That's and it was awesome. the best place to be, yeah. Dodger Stadium. You know, and my, yeah, my dad also knew, um, w- was friends with Phil Garner. Wow. So, you know, when he was going through his playing days and, he, and, he, and on into his coaching career and managing career, yeah. too, we would go to games. And um, for my dad, one of my dad's birthdays, um, this was back in – 2001 2002 um he was managing the tigers Mm -hmm. so i got my dad as a present we we i took him to the angels versus detroit wow first baseline tickets where the dugout is so we went up front hey phil (laughs) so you got to talk to got to talk fun yeah yeah it's good times boy so much fun well that's we connect with and good stuff let's get to back to a little more of these questions here which i like to roll through 
We're going to go with Pizza Man Dan with what kind of pizza you like. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. Pepperoni or cheese. That's it. Pepperoni or cheese. That's, That's it. rolling fast here. Yeah. What about pineapple? No. Ever. God, no. <laughs> That's our running question Leave. Here. Leave right now. <laughs> Get out of the room. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, Mountain Doll loves to know when you're getting out, and I'm going to exclude golf. Okay. Excluding golf with you. Right. When you get out in Ventura, Ventura County right now for mm-hmm. an activity, what are you doing? Oh, God, what am I doing? You know, I'm going to any one of the fabulous restaurants that we have here. I mean, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's Osabi, you know, down the street here or, okay. or, or Lure, um, you know, God, or um, uh, Finney's. I, you know, just he's going out. Look yeah, at this guy. Yeah, he's loving life. Yeah, Arsenal Comics wants to know. By the way, Spider-Man 900 comes out today. Two trees cover. If you need a copy of that, drop it. Go get it. MarvelVentura.com or go to Arsenal. Check that out. Really cool cover, as we all know about. What was your favorite comic book character growing up? Wow. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't necessarily a comic book kid growing up, but my if I had to give a, a superhero, it definitely was Batman because I grew up on the Adam West, you know, TV show. The real deal. Yeah, Adam yeah, West, Burt Ward. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Look Bang. Pow. Yes, yes. So you didn't grow up a comic book guy. I did not grow up a comic book guy. Interesting. Yeah. And who wrote the theme song for the ba 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 Batman? Neil Hefty. Thank you. Wow. I was a big fan <laughs> too. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was more I was a TV kid. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily a comic book kid. I was more of a I, I watched a lot of t- my my mom tried to. Mm-hmm. But I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> Got it. Got it. It's so cool to think about yeah. everyone's past is different. That's yeah. where we're finding out the deeps, mm-hmm. the realms. Yeah. Now let's get to some music. Call to the Hall. We know about the Ventura Music Hall. You can DM or message Ventura Ford at any point and get tickets to go see the new amazing venue. This weekend, Jerry's Middle Finger's coming. It's a cover for a Grateful Dead band. Mm-hmm. Great cover. We want to know, though, Mr. Morosica, when's the last time you've been to a concert? Okay, so my last concert was, man. That you paid for a ticket. No, no, no for walking up freebie <laughs> either. No walking up freebie. Last concert was Stevie Nicks at the Forum. Stevie Nicks with, at the Forum. With, with Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders. Oh, wow. Yeah, 1973. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's it funny. A few funny. years I, ago. A few years ago. Yes, it was. A few wow, years Chrissy Hine and Stevie Nicks. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and then um, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac Fan. So we've, okay. we've seen Fleetwood Mac at the Hollywood Bowl mm-hmm. um, twice, um, both iterations. They, once with one with Christine McVie, one without Christine McVie, uh, and then um, probably one of the best concerts I ever uh, attended, as far as music-wise, where I didn't like. I literally didn't get up to go to the bathroom. I didn't get up to go get a drink. Was uh, Sting and Peter Gabriel. Good show. Yes. Wow. And yep. they sang each other's songs. Fans of both. So you had Sting singing "Shock the Monkey." If you could, I mean, just to, to watch that was was absolutely incredible. And you had you had Peter Gabriel singing some Sting songs. So it was, and then they got together at the end and did a great version of "Sledgehammer." Yeah, Earth, Wind, yeah. and Fire did that with uh, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. they played each other's yeah. music. Yeah, That's good. Fantastic concert. That yeah, but Sting and the world. Police, Peter Gabriel and Genesis, early days. Yes. Big fans of both. Mm-hmm. I, I am a huge Peter Gabriel fan. High school, growing up, the, the album. What song did he sing with Kate Bush? Come on. Oh, don't give up. 
<laughs> Bang, we got a winner. We got a winner. Oh, is that the big, that's the famous song right now? Yes. Well, no, no, no. Running Up the Hill is Running the song, the but Kate Bush, who is yes. a wonderful performer, mm-hmm. uh, sang Don't Give Up, which is a very, very mm-hmm. ethereal, sweet song, mm-hmm. those two singing. You yeah. got to check it out, folks. Mm-hmm. And for, for Spence's benefit, Sting was, or Peter Gabriel was the original lead singer for Genesis. Yeah, prior to <laughs> Mr. Collins. Yes. Very artsy weirdo, but yes. fantastic. Exactly, yes. Some, some bright In Your Eyes was another song yes. that he had. Uh, uh, John Cusack, what say was anything. the movie? Say Anything, very good. Say Anything, yeah. When he's holding up the speakers. Yep. Love yeah, it, yeah. love it, love it. Yes. We've got our last fun question here before we continue the facts with Mike here in studio. The top 100 coolest people. We're building the list. <laughs> and people want to be on it, people want to be off of it. We know after this weekend, Mike Johnson might be on it because he wants to keep picking a fight with me. Why? We don't know. But we're going to put him on the list because he's just begging to be on the list. But jokes aside, the Ventura Real Estate Company, Derek Turner, proud sponsor of the show, along with his fun staff. They like to know we're making a cool list. Give me three names. Who you got? So I would say first be Richard Atmore. Ooh, the bo- Richard. Yes, the cowboy. The cowboy. Ventura Cowboy, yes. Okay. So I would say Rich Atmore. I'm going to go with Jim Duran. Okay. All the good Great work guy. he does in the community. Um, Here's one of Jim's right here. There it is. Yeah. We're holding up a poster here in studio. Yeah, and Walk this for is Tender uh, Life. The Walk for Tender Life, Tender Life mm-hmm. Community. And for people who are listening to the podcast uh, today, Thursday, Friday, the walk is Saturday morning. I will see you there. I'm walking with Jim. And that's a wonderful choice. Yeah. And my third uh, would be Jim Friedman. And Friedman? Yes, I would say Friedman. And I'll tell you why. Because when we had Eric Nazarenko as our district councilman, Jim is in the neighboring district. And inevitably, if I or my parents or somebody else had a concern about District 4, yeah. you could never get a hold of Eric. But you would call Jim, and even though it wasn't his district, he would help you. That's cool. Okay. All right. Jim, he's going to, I'm a Jim. You're making the list here for old Merchant Rossica. Comparing him against Nazarenko. I like that too. Yeah. So Let's do it. Jim, he, since some of the concerns that, that I had in district four where I couldn't get a hold of Eric, I, I managed to get a hold of Jim Yeah. very easily got a hold of Jim and he took care of it. You know what? And that's yeah. what Ventura Ford in this list is about. It's about bringing up different names. I, have we had a duplicate name yet? I have not. We no. haven't had a duplicate name. So the list grows up to about 30 people. And when we get the uh, live podcast um, studio out in the community, we're going to be doing that as well. We've been invited to, drumroll, Cornhole. Oh, the Cornhole Tournament with Spencer McKenzie. I saw saw John at the Superhero Cleanup and at uh, Surf Rodeo. He said 100% we can have our podcast studio station at at the Cornhole Throwdown for the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to have a meeting with him probably this week or next week. So we're going to have our first live station there. We're going to have advertisements from our sponsors behind us and a chance for you to come to the mic opposed to always just hearing us on the podcast. So I love that opportunity. Let's go to our last sponsor. And it's actually you, Mr. Morosica. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. We have a new company out called X50. X50. See what I did there? Yes. <laughs> I was calling. He got me too. <laughs> Retired cop. But dude, you're getting into some of this ultra high net worth security detail for people all over the globe focused here in the 805 right and so give us a little bit sorry if i cut you off there a little bit more about how you've evolved you weren't retired long you've played probably three or four rounds of golf you created a new business idea i want to hear about it i want to hear how it's contributing to the community so 
again, I, uh, police officers are eligible to retire at 50 with good reason. Um, you don't want a 60-year-old cop coming to your door when you know in, in an emergency you just you just don't i don't care how good in good a shape you, you that's probably, a great point yeah. that's a great point so you know what i i decided that it that i could have stayed a little bit longer but i wanted to, i decided after after talking it over with my family that it was time so i did and you know that i'm not gonna lie the pension is the pension is really good for police officers so i i could have survived um but you know i didn't want to sit on the couch the whole time and so I took a couple of months off. We went on vacation, did our annual trip up to Lake Shasta, came back, and I got a phone call from one of my friends who was in the private security business asking me if I wanted, wanted some work. And they had a, a celebrity client um, that needed looking after after a couple of, of things happened to them. Um, it's actually, a, I can't, again, I signed NDAs, but um, a local musician grew up here, later went on to win a few Grammys. I don't know if you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, he, um, he was in need of some security, so I, I stepped up. And I, 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 you have to get a couple certifications. You, know, you can't just step into it. Um, number one, it helps if you have a concealed carry permit, which I do as a retired police officer. Also, you have to have a guard card, what they call um, a permit to work security for the state of California. And you also have to have a, a firearm permit through the state of California as well. So you have to have those three certifications in your, you know, with my law enforcement background you're able to really go to work for some for in private security so I, I that was my first job it was about three months after i retired so you found out quickly though that hey i kind of i kind of fell into this because yeah. not only am i still young and vibrant yes. i'm also and you got a nice head of hair too folks you can't <laughs> say, see him right now yeah, but hey right. you got any grays up there i thought you were supposed not to be yet. stressed uh, out as a cop family the, the, uh, fortunately my family did my grandfather up until his 80s had zero gray hair Jeez, jet, jet black so yeah with, but you <laughs> found out with some of these other demographics man i'm clicking these boxes yes. and i'm enjoying what i'm doing mm -hmm. and so they went quickly into a little more detailing so yeah so um what i mainly do is, is what we call executive protection um i will um you know, be with that individual when they go out in public, um, walking with them, driving them, uh, to, and, it, and it all varies too. Some people want somebody with them all the time. Some people just want somebody to drive them. Some people want somebody to shadow them in another car while they drive. Um, so it, it just it just depends on 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 the the person. Uh, but it, it's it's really a lot of fun. I, I've gotten a chance to meet. Um, some really interesting individuals go to some really interesting places that I would not have gotten access to had had I not been doing this work. I've worked um, I worked the Vanity Fair Oscar party. Um, yeah, we're leaving names out because we yeah. don't care about names. Give us yeah. you mentioned before. Give us a, how are they coming into Ventura? How does the highlight? They're coming into so some of them. Some of them are coming into Ventura via they they land they land their jets at Camarillo Airport because um, they're they don't land you know they, they don't fly commercial like like you and I do. They don't they don't fly out of Burbank or LAX. They have what they call FBOs, forward base of operations or, or private terminals. And so there's various private terminals around this entire area. You've got Camarillo, Van Nuys. You have private terminals at LAX um, that are along Imperial Highway on the backside of the, of the airport. So they will land those their jets at those terminals. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, would go and meet them there um, and, drive, and drive them. Um, places that they want to go or be there to work to be their security detail while they're in town. Cool. Yeah. So what about Santa Barbara? You deal with Santa Barbara a lot? I do. I have a, I have a client, uh, a family in Montecito that, uh, that I work uh, executive protection for on, on the 
uh, on their house grounds, but then if they move, I move with them, uh, driving them or, or being with them out in public. Um, so, but yeah, it's very, very interesting work. I love it. Um, the pay is pretty good, too. It's not, it's not up to what I was getting as, as a police officer, but it's darn close. Wow. Yeah. Spence, um, you got some experience, too, driving around. Don't you some executives and stuff? Any advice you could give Mr. Morostica over here? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, tons of, I remember the only I, I, I drove, it shows you how long ago it was, William Conrad, who was a great guy. And I drove him to a big ABC party. I mean, this guy was a star. He was known, big voice, just a great guy. And he gets out and he looks at me and he says, Tom, any advice? And I said, hold your drink in your left hand. Because <laughs> that's you shake hands. You never want to shake it with a wet hand. That's all I had. Yeah. So other than that, <laughs> he was the one. Didn't he do the commercial with? I dare you to knock it, this with off. The two, the yeah. yeah. It's, it was. Yeah. I drove a couple of bands, the Bangles, um, a couple, but I was just a guy in the car. You know, it was there was no thing. I, I did a little bit for some. You know, told people to get out of here, but mm-hmm. you know. And when I talk about how in, the people, I've, interesting people I've met, that's not just clients. That's people that work in this industry as well because they're not all police officers there are a lot of people that work in this industry that got their start working basic uniform security and kind of worked their way up or started working for their their friends like they, their friends were musicians or thing and they went on tour with them and got got you know they, they were just put in charge of security with, with no experience but they got the experience really quick and then when they when they got finished with with that band they would move on to another one or another celebrity and they got themselves in that industry and got the credentials and everything so some of the people i've met um that that i look up to and and were that mentored me through these last few years are some people with zero law enforcement experience mm. that but they i mean i've met people that i that i shared a, a a command post with that have worked for you know ex-diplomats we're talking like nixon era diplomats um people that have world travelers i mean just amazing people celebrities you know the, the different different uh from different corners you know whether it's television movies you know royalty i mean but they, they these guys have all done it and to be able to like pick their brains and and get you know learn from them and then apply it to the job you're doing and then get that reputation and have people ask for you that's a big thing is you you get those phone calls because i I'm hooked up with some companies, but if you don't do a good job, they're not going to call you. But it's great when they when when you've got too many phone calls to answer, or too many emails to answer. I want to get out there. Like, I want to yeah. I want to I want to <laughs> contribute. You know, I want to help guard. You know, because it, what you're doing is you're you're making people feel safe, dude. You're still doing what you do. Yeah. You know, it's on a different level. Yeah. You're not receiving calls through the system, mm-hmm. through the priority calls, mm-hmm. going out there. You're doing a little bit of the proactiveness, mm-hmm. right? And I, I we love that approach here about let's not always just be reactive let's be proactive mm-hmm. and it, man i wish i could pay as much money to have you yeah. follow me around <laughs> yeah. right i mean i would i would do that every day we go because you have one layer of safety and one of the things that and it just popped up on tmz a while ago to show you what stars go through did you see the tom hanks clip where he was trying yes. to watch and the guy bumped into his yes. wife this is what you guys have to do yes. to clear the way and have safety mm-hmm. i mean we're talking a lot of stars might have their issues but the ones i dealt with i'll tell you they and i'm not even close to what you did but they're actually very nice people that were just trying to get home exactly and the the the, when you when you look at the when you look at the tom hanks rita wilson video um you look at somebody and you you can tell you you see in tom hanks he's genuinely concerned for his wife's safety when he when he did that 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are some celebrities and some well-known people that don't like to have security. They don't they don't like the look that it that it presents to the public, but they just they don't like the it, sometimes it makes them feel a little bit claustrophobic because mm-hmm. when you have security, you, you know, you 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 talk about the positives. There are negatives to having security. And number one is you're always having to think about that when you go someplace. You know, where, where where's my security going to be? Um, you know, we, we're human beings too. We got to eat. We got to take care of issues. So you know, where 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 are they going to? Mm. Where are they going to eat? Where are they going to use the bathroom? Where are they, you know, all the stuff that you have to oh, keep in mind. Like the yeah. movies like robots yeah, that just exactly, stand there the whole exactly, time. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, the, those are all the, the things, that you, you know, will my security be allowed into this venue if they're armed? Well, you know, there's all kinds of different things that, you know, will, that, that it presents itself. But it's stuff that they have to now have to worry sure. about in addition to, you know. But then, and you'd be surprised that the, 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 some of the celebrities that you would consider like, that would get mobbed in a crowd that don't have security because they just don't want to deal mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm. But they, and they, it's, it's a crapshoot. We're going to keep this dice. going because yeah. we have you talking to Ventura Ford a lot too. We're going to keep this conversation going about hearing people, maybe get to some events out there. We're going to use this as the <laughs> X five O throws into the pot of Ventura forward. And your fun segment that we talk about on the show each week, I hope you're listening and enjoying it mm-hmm. is how can we make people Ventura better? Cause you're a part, you talked about how you want to highlight how you can increase public safety how you can make our city a better place. We've, yes. we do, we've heard a lot about your commitment to our city. I hope people have become a bigger fan of yours today. I definitely <laughs> have. To show you can grow up on the east side of Ventura, live in a little house, and see the world. And mm-hmm. dude, you kind of have by 50, yeah. right? and you're doing more. I know you want to do a lot more, mm-hmm. but if you were to do something in the next 12, 18, 24 months, you personally answer, answering kind of the own question that we created at Ventura Forward, what would you want to improve and how could you improve it? I would definitely want to improve just the overall appearance, look, and, and safe feel of, of Ventura. I think it's gotten a little bit out of hand. I, I think we, we, we need to do – the most pressing issue I think now we have is our homeless population. I think we have to do something about that. And it can't, it can't just be one approach yeah. or another approach. You have to you have to incorporate a, a holistic approach. And a holistic approach, I mean, you have to have the services and you have to have uh, the enforcement and consequences – when people refuse those services. A lot of people that are out there, and, and trust me, the last five years of my career, I was a community policing officer, and, I, and that's all I dealt with in my, in my district was, was really the homeless population was, a, was the top priority for me because that's what my community was telling me that was their top priority. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I've seen um, legislators, I've seen lawmakers, I've seen policymakers kind of swing the pendulum towards the services portion of it, but I've seen them pay less and less attention to to enforcement. You have the majority of folks that we can help, we've helped. The people that are currently out there right now are service resistant to us, either by because they're too mentally ill to to want the services, they're too drug addicted to want the services. Exactly. And you have a you have a small segment that they just want to live off the land. They want to be oh. free. They don't want the man telling them what to do. So they. Oh, I mean, what a yeah. great place to do it. I, exactly. Got beautiful river but, bottoms to live in. Yeah. And they're giving out free food now. Why would you live have in the you, river bottom? Have you seen some of the, some of the, the dwellings g- that they have made for themselves down there? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I walked all the time mm-hmm. in the Santa Clara on the Oxnard side of the Santa Clara River, and you know, I've I've walked into places where, you know, there was, um, pallets that were. Floor, but they they managed to to get some 
acquire some tile from construction sites and lay it down and have a have a floor a tile floor um and 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 drywall for walls and i mean they built themselves i mean they literally built themselves an apartment we had one of those over by our antennas uh, where the radio station Mm -hmm. is out there and our engineer walked on and he came out and he said there is a table and they're set for dinner yes and i looked at him he goes i think we've got to be careful about this one but it was it was fancy Yes. It was fancy, but and again, it it take it truly takes a holistic approach. You have to you have to be, you you have to be compassionate. But if those people are truly resistant to solving the problem, then you have you have to have some type of enforcement. Because again, some of the quality of life issues that that affect us as a community are obviously uh, the aggressive panhandling, um, sidewalk camping. Um, you know, all of that stuff it affects businesses. It, it hurts their bottom line economically. Oh, yeah. And, you know, also, too, that sometimes sometimes it's property destruction. I mean, they're, they're taking stuff, you know, from other people and, and bringing it back to their to their dwelling space. Uh, their um, their me- you know, the, the, the maintenance that it takes to to um, to upkeep city property is increasing because of of homeless situations. So. Again, those are all things that we have to, we have to be, to take into account, and we have to try to figure out how to solve that. And and it can't yeah. just be, you know, there are there are people out there that that all they want to do is arrest, and you're not going to arrest your way out of this problem. Oh, no. There are also people that they want to do nothing but offer services, and that's not working either. So let's figure out yeah. a way. Like to, building you know, housing, you know, comes yes. they came up this week at City Council. Everyone's like, well, we need more permanent housing. We need this. There's no one to provide the solutions, even mm-hmm. if you had the housing. There's no accountability behind these programs. And unfortunately, if you look at some of the local programs, they're not even being honest and truthful with the programs and how they're working. And our city council members don't even know that. And that's the disrupting part, Mike, that I love to have you here. And this is going to continue, too, because I want you to be part of the solution with me at Ventura Forward and use your expertise because mm-hmm. we're definitely going to help solve this problem. Well, the question I always pose to people that want to build that type of housing is, is, okay, you've built the housing. Now go down there. And tell them, you got a free house. See what they say. You know what they're going to tell you? I don't want to live there. Yeah. And the <laughs> ones that do live there are the ones that are going to move yeah. here yes. and came in. And yeah. we have a few of these examples, whether it's yeah. through Project Room Key mm-hmm. and these different vouchers that they give out for mm-hmm. people. And not just in Ventura. This is happening all over the state of California because our law enforcement team here in the county has been working so hard. Mm-hmm. I should say the city. I should say the city because I have my contacts are in the city. But to show that. When you have these outsourced companies like Shangri-La or Mercy Houses that come from the outside areas to fulfill these services that are being provided, they don't have the attention, the detail, or the experience. You know, our bed has 55 beds here, and they only have 39 of them full. Yes. You know, we've got 700 people that are homeless. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about having 55 beds, yeah. but then 25% of our shelter isn't even full. Yes. It's just, it's, it's crazy. And for my, so on that perspective, if you have 39 out of 55 beds being filled so that means you have 16 beds that aren't being filled so there's an illegal camping ordinance yeah in the city so you can enforce that illegal camping ordinance because believe it or not case law and again when i this is what i talk about legislatively sometimes it's not on our side case law has said you can't enforce an illegal camping ordinance if you have no room at the shelter. So in other words, you can't enforce the illegal camping if they have no other place to go. If the only place they can and go And that's why we the built site. the shelter. Exactly, exactly right. That's why you built the shelter. So now if you have beds yep. that are available, guess what? You can now enforce the illegal camping ordinance. So enforce the illegal camping ordinance. But my, my 
but again, my question I always pose to those providers, the housing providers, is, is who, who is going to live there? Because they don't, um, again, you can go down to that river bottom and say, here's a, here's a, here's a place for you to stay, and they're going to refuse you. The people that want the help are going to accept it, and, and there, are very, there are very few left of them out there. It, you know, we've, we've reached them because, because they've come and, and sought us, too. 99, 99% of the time, they, mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I need help. But the ones that don't seek you out are the ones that don't want the help. And it, again, it's, it could be because they are too mentally ill to do, to do so or mm-hmm. they're too drug addicted because they know if they, if they go someplace like that, the caveat's going to be you're going to go to rehab. Yeah. And they don't want to do it. Yep. They don't want to do it. And it, and hats off to the patrol task force guys in Ventura. They spend a lot of time with individuals that they've identified. And they've seriously, like, I, I know there was a woman, I think, that they, that they basically stayed in contact out on the streets for almost two years. That was, like, when they first met her, they have a yeah. video of her. They first met her. She was ultra, ultra aggressive to them, cussing them out. And then... Over like a two-year period, she kind of warmed up to them and, and, you know, was able to accept some yeah. some level of assistance. She still had men- mental illness issues, but that just goes to show you what what type of 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 like level of service service that you have to provide just to right. get one person exactly to do it, and it, it's a it's a daunting task. But you know, at some point, you have to say it's going to require both. It's going to require yep. offering it. Offering this, the assistance is going to require consequences for not taking it, you know, and that's it. Definitely. And, you know, let's wrap up this podcast sooner and later because, you know, we're going to have you back. And it's been a great 45 minutes here. We've been bust out episode 17 with Mike Morosica. I definitely want to take that conversation away. What you talked about, your number one feeling is about the unhoused individuals separating them from being people who need help and actually being homeless and then the vagrancy. That gets so blurred so fast when anybody wants to talk about it. And you as an officer in Oxnard, the last few years still being active, this is a point of reference that we're always going to be getting back to. And so can we come to you for advice in the future? Absolutely. I love that because that's what we're going to do. We're going to move it forward. This isn't where, you know, where Joe Rogan, some celebrity comes in and then they're off in the, in the yonder and Joe only texts him and he has a hot pick on UFC fight. And God bless Joe Rogan, right? But we're going to actually use our tangible people. We've had 17 people on. Uh, then we're going to use them. We're going to use Spencer McKenzie's because we're putting things in that Ventura forward pot that we know that can be given back to move us forward. Spence, you feeling the vibes? Absolutely feeling the vibes. And one way we can get things done is a person you mentioned, Jim Duran, the city center. You have to be sober. You have to get in there. They'll create a new life for you. You'll get educated. You'll be good to go. And the same with Tender Life Maternity and the walk. They take women off the street who are pregnant. They give them housing. They give them instruction. They have kids. They have a great life. So these are the tools we need and the people like Jim Duran in the community doing great things. We do, Spence. And on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of Ventura 4. Mike, before you take off, you got one more thing on your mind you want to give us before you leave? You know what? I, I We've We've talked about anything and everything under the sun. I, I think I'm. I had to go home. We burned it. I'd go, I'd go home and take a nap. He's gonna go <laughs> home and take a nap and probably catch nine holes of golf at his favorite course in the world, the Nine Hole Satakoy, the club right closest to home. Mike, want to thank you for coming in. And before we know it, Spence, let's have a good time and let's go. 